Friday of Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Oxygen Community Studios. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell, Jarrett Carlin with you until 10 o'clock as we continue to dive into the Cardinals' big-time loss to the San Francisco 49ers on Monday Night Football. 38-10 to 10, as we do on the morning after uh, game day. We uh, open up the phone lines to hear your thoughts, a little sampling of the fan base at 602-260-9870. Let's start out in Gilbert and talk to Adam here on Arizona Sports. Good morning, Adam. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Love mm-hmm. this show. Thank you. What a game. Um, pretty much is a, just a breakdown of everything. We're kind of seeing this coming. I mean, it's the predictions of the scores and stuff like that. Pretty accurate, and I saw it coming. But uh, I don't... <sighs> Anybody can tell, can somebody tell Cliff that it is, it is good that you can, you can wear your team colors and, and your, you know, the symbols of your, of your team. You know, you, there's that little bit of that symbolism there that you can, you can find in the Cardinals head, whatever. But besides that, he doesn't know where he's trying to be incognito, which is understandable because look at what he put out there. But just the play calling, you can tell where it was going when you are doing a design play run with, Colt McCoy as your backup quarterback. That I would think that was a, the second or third drive that I saw that yeah. happen. That's kind of when I knew that they are just going back to the play script like Tyler was playing. But that was just one little thing. There's a whole bunch of things. Everybody broke down. Hobbs had an awesome game, but he broke down at some point, even though it was really fickle of a penalty. But let's just let's just go back to reality, and this is exactly what happens when you have a backup quarterback and a play caller that doesn't know what to do. Besides that, oh yeah, great, great effort from everybody uh, <laughs> that was the backup because those guys showed a lot of heart out there. And AJ Green, shout out to AJ Green for staying out there for the whole time. Let's give a shout out to that old guy. You guys can talk about these guys; they're terrible. Thanks, guys. You guys awesome. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, if you want to go uh, the short list of bright spots last night. DeAndre Hopkins is an amazing wide receiver. Oh, without a Just doubt. an unbelievable like, yeah, football like player. Like I said, he's, he was one of the few Cardinals who looked like he belonged on a big-time football field in a big-time game. Yeah, I'll throw Greg Dorch out there, too. Greg Dorch did, too. Yeah. What a Dorch! He, uh... He produces when he's called upon, yeah. and he was called upon because Rondell Moore got hurt early in the game, but um, yeah, Greg Dorch continues just but to make even, plays. Even Troy Aikman during the broadcast expressed disbelief at, at why did this guy get uh, phased out of this offense uh, on a couple of different times. All yeah. he does is make plays. Yeah. That's what he said. So, 602-260-9870. Yeah. We'll keep it in uh, Gilbert and talk to Rick next here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Hi, Rick. Hey, good morning, guys. Morning. Um, man, Bidwell has to fire Cliff today. I mean, he, Cliff, he, he he can't figure this out. He was a under 500 coach in college. He's an under 500 coach in the pros. He is what he is. They, 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 he has no answers for this. Um, and, and I understand that firing him isn't going to save the season. This is a lost season regardless. But Bill Will needs to prove to the fans and to his players that he – um, cares and that this is unacceptable to him because I'm sitting here watching this and, and I'm kind of thinking that, um, you know, as long as he's selling tickets, even if it's to the opposing fans, he's okay with it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. The uh, Yeah, I do think that there's no doubt there's a lot of frustration from the fan base because they do not believe in the direction of where this whole thing is going. And it's it starts with the talent acquisition. The GM has failed in that regard. And, and it starts with and it continues on down to the offense, which doesn't which is very, very narrow and predictable and has been figured out by the NFL that the, the game Colt McCoy put up against the Rams was a confluence 
semblance of newness and a real beaten team that they faced. Last night was kind of a reality check that, that this, is, this is also systemic. These failures, and they've got to get this right. That 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 is the real heavy question coming out of this now. Is how do you get this quarterback component right? Clearly, from from everything that's been said about Kyler Murray and everything that was said last night about Kyler Murray, it's pretty clear oh. that the organization organization doesn't think all that much of Kyler Murray. We'll get but, into that. But you paid him, that and was, now you got to fix him. That was eye opening. But going back to 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 Rick's point, it, 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 the Kingsbury thing, it, unless this just gets. To the definition of ugly and uncompetitive over these last six games, nothing's going to happen. The fan base was fed up last year with the way things ended. And what was the language used by the car? Ah, we still won three more games than we won the year before. They were able to lean on that, hey, we, we, we built our win total again for the third straight year. There's a built in convenient excuse for this year. You know what? We never really had our, our receivers together. The offensive line was a shambles. We had so many injuries that we just couldn't overcome. Uh, we're going to run this back next year mm-hmm. and see where it goes. I, I can see that happening. In fact, I think that will happen. Uh, well, they better at their own peril because, like I said, it, it's there is there is a reality here that is reality, and that is this fan base does not have trust in where this thing is going. That, I, I don't think that's even debatable at yeah, this point. No, most of most of the fan base, uh, not all. Uh, George and Tempe is up next here on Arizona Sports. Good morning, George. Hey, why don't we just use the rest of this time to exchange our favorite Thanksgiving recipes? It'd be <laughs> a lot more, a lot more useful. Do you go raisins um, you know, and stuffing, George, or are you a raisinless stuffing kind of guy? Oh, no raisins and stuffing. Good, are you good, joking? Good, good man. Oh my god, that's <laughs> blasphemy. You know, I, I can't wait to see the director's cut of Hard Knocks. That's <laughs> going to be great. Yeah, this, this is this is just. This is just, you know, coming apart fast. And, and you know, there was a, t- there was a tweet this morning from the Arizona Cardinals uh, um, uh, account saying, uh, we're back in Arizona. Thank you. And I think about 75% of the responses were, did you leave Cliff and Kine behind? <laughs> and, you know, it's... It's got. It's time. I mean, I understand what you say, Vince. I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot of built-in excuses for this year, and it's not going to happen in the middle of the year. We all know that. But it's time to jettison Cliff, jettison Kime. Adrian Wilson's not getting any any blame for this, and he's the player personnel director. This is this is horrible. This is absolutely horrible, and we don't deserve it. So you know, it, it's got to come sooner or later. I, I just you know. I just don't know what else to say. That's it. Yeah. Uh, George, feel the uh, frustration, definitely. Um, let's uh, close out this uh, caller segment. Uh, we'll go to the one and only Kiernan, who's up next here on Arizona Sports. Good morning, Kiernan. Bickley and Murata. Dan Bickley and Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Snap to McCoy, blitz coming, gets the pass away, caught far side, first down, Hopkins at the 40, wrapped up there. Boy, again, just a thing of beauty watching Colt McCoy operate the offense. That's Dave Pash on uh, Highlight. That was the play that actually got, uh, it counted, but a 15-yard penalty for taunting on DeAndre Hopkins. And the reason why I'm playing that is there seems to be, we've been having the debate, Cardinals fan base, everybody's been having the debate after seeing one game of Colt McCoy going into last night's start about the way the offense looked and how it operated with McCoy at the controls against the Rams as opposed to what we had seen from Kyler Murray this year, who 
I, I believe Kyler Murray um, is having his maybe his worst season as a pro. I think you're right about that. Um, all things considered, the stats mm-hmm. are probably better than they were as a rookie when he was just trying to figure things out and his head coach was trying to figure things out too and they didn't have the same personnel that they have now. But he was a rookie, so the expectations were much, much lower. Yes, and I think we saw even as a rookie, Kyler Murray show more uh, in terms of ceiling potential than what we saw last year. And really, you know, outside of the, the late in the game in week two against Vegas... There hasn't been too many of those special Kyler Murray moments. Um, no. No. And, and so what's interesting is you played the cut from Dave Patch mm-hmm. about how much better the offense looked with Colt McCoy. Yes. That was very early on in the game, yes, obviously. It was. What was also interesting was the ESPN crew, which included Larry Fitzgerald and Steve Young, they kind of went all in on this topic as well. RG3 as well. Where do you want to start? You want to start with the Larry Fitzgerald stuff? Um, talking about Colt McCoy. Well, I'm not here. The, the conversation is more as he makes his glowing about his leadership. The leading meetings, taking taking the onus. If he makes a mistake, saying, look, that was on me, I'm going to get it fixed. Like, that's a big part of being a leader. I mean, a lot of a lot of people talk about arm strength and, and speed and all of these things. At the end of the day, when you're playing quarterback in the National Football League, it's about leadership. It's about getting people and galvanizing them to be able to go out there and do the things that you as a team want to do. And Cole has done that. He's 3-1 as a starter. He's been very good with the football in terms of not putting them in positions where they can't be successful. Um, and they need to continue to do that against really, really good defenses. Now, make no mistake about it. Larry Fitzgerald is talking specifically about Colt McCoy as an individual there. Mm-hmm. But it's impossible for people, it's impossible for me, Bick, to listen to those glowing remarks about Colt McCoy. He is a leader. He galvanizes. He takes control of meetings. It's impossible for me not to compare that to well, the guy who's in that job normally in Kyler Murray. I, I, especially when you add in um, his thoughts about how you can have all the speed in the world, you can have all the arm talent in the world, but what it comes down to is leadership. Yep. That That's about as close uh that's about as close to telling the truth publicly about Kyler Murray that I've ever heard from Larry Fitzgerald. Yes. Uh, RG3, former NFL quarterback now with ESPN. You paid the man $230 million, so there's, there must have been something that you saw that you liked. But for me, it just seems like Kyler's on his own sheet of music when he's playing the game. He's on the sidelines. He's having arguments with the head coach. He's, uh, it's like David Ruffin in the Temptations, right? And Kyler Murray is David Ruffin, as you can see him right here, yelling at the coach coming off the sideline. They're not on the same page of what's going on. Then there's a clip of him and DeAndre Hopkins going at him on the sideline because D-Hop's asking him, what are you looking at? So for me, what I would do, and I would go back to what they did in the preseason. They made him call plays just to show him how difficult it was, but I would take it a step further, and I would make Kyler Murray install the offense every week for the rest of the season because he is the one that is seeing the game at the quarterback position, and everyone needs to be on the same page with him, not just the coaching staff. So if he installs it, everybody will know what he's seeing how he wants to operate, and I think that could be a solution to their problem. All right, we'll get into that, but first, uh, Hall of Famer Steve Young on the same ESPN pregame show. Kyler Murray, his whole life, has had the answers to every athletic test that he's ever taken, and he's gotten A pluses through grade school, middle school, high school, college, and then even early here as a pro. But the NFL will have its referendum, and I think it's happening now for Kyler. He now needs to be, look, he is whip smart, and he, is, he knows everything. 
something. But there is a part of playing great quarterback that is going back to school. Yeah. And that's what Patrick Mahomes has done. That's what Josh Allen is vulnerable. That's what Dak Prescott talked about doing. I'm going to go back to school. And I think everyone here on this panel, everyone that I hear the Cardinals are saying, please, Kyler, go back to school. Tighten it up. Call the run and play, play out of the huddle. Run the play out of the huddle. Get that efficiency going. We know that you can handle all of it, but you cannot be the know-it-all. It's gotten you this far, but it won't take you the distance. So change your game, figure it out, so that everyone can start to resonate with you because it's starting not to resonate, and you do not want to lose your team, especially with after signing that contract. ESPN is a partner of the NFL and its clubs. ESPN also has a process to get ready for a broadcast. They're not going with a lot of rogue opinions on a pregame no, show. No. That's save for like the get ups and the first take type shows. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, uh, so, so yes, uh, the messaging is is puzzling. Well, it, listen it, to me. Yes, and I and I think this is something that I have noticed, and you know this because I've talked about it ever since that Chris Mortensen report, which also came from someplace, and and it really seems to be either this this yearning to get this information out there that the problem is the quarterback. It's all him. For all the grief we get for for uh, the quality of our GM and the quality of our head coach, look, it's him. And I, I've been hearing this repeatedly for months, it, implicitly and explicitly. You heard it again last night. And so I think uh, and I keep getting back to the fact that if you really felt this way about this kid, why did you pay him? I can't why? help at this point with everything. If you the Chris Mortensen him report, so much. The, the study addendum becoming public, all of this type of stuff. If I'm Kyler Murray on this Tuesday morning, I'm absolutely pissed because of the inconsistency of the message. $230 million. That is one expensive carrot, is it not? Oh, yeah. Oh, without a doubt. So I and again and so I think that's that's the bottom line here because at this point in time you've got to fix that kid and 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 if you want to tell me that if Kyler Murray goes and spends more time in the film room that this thing is magically fixed are you buying that are you buying the fact that if if Kyler Murray were now to go and spend 15 hours a week in Cliff Kingsbury's offense, that this offense would suddenly be NFL Super Bowl caliber? No, absolutely no. not. And go back to RG3's no. point that he used the phrase, go back to school. Or I asked Steve Young, go back to school. Well, that's all well and good, but you got to ask the question. Who are the professors? Yeah. Who are you learning from? Yeah, that's... If you're learning from the same professors with the same message over and over again, unless there's a difference, a change in methodology from the professors... That's it. What are you that's doing? It. They've had four years at, with, at this thing. You're going in a yeah. circle. Yeah. I, I am just absolutely perplexed at, at, at the inconsistency again of the message. Yeah. You're no. unhappy with Kyler Murray at quarterback. Gambo went on with Wolf and Luke yesterday and said, from what he understands, is that uh, you know the organization does feel that there's been regression from Kyler Murray. And they, they do prefer Colt McCoy right now. Well, what did we say last year at the end of the year? 
in terms of contract extensions for coach, general should manager, and for quarterback. All three of them, all three of them all should three have been on prove-it deals. Yeah. Right. And then you would have been able to pivot very clean and very seamlessly um, out of a season exactly like this. And yeah. I'll, that's, and, it's, and I'll that's go as far true. to say this, and I've brought this up before, but it's really been hammered home the last two weeks because people talk about, oh, look how smooth the offense looks. And again, there's no big play threat with Colt McCoy and this offensive line. There's just not. You can't get far enough down down the field in 2.1 seconds to make mm-hmm. anything happen. You're hoping for a catch and a missed tackle at that point. Yeah. If <laughs> this, if, if this, and people will say, this is the offense that Cliff Kingsbury prefers. Again, inconsistency of message. If that's the offense that Cliff Kingsbury can prefers, you could get any number of quarterbacks to run that offense. On planet Earth, they can come in and run it. That's exactly You don't right. need a special elite athlete with nope. all this great arm talent and speed to run it. You nope. don't. Yeah, and so that's the bottom line, and that's that's the truth they're going to have to confront, that they've, they've, they've signed off on a future with Kyler Murray. I don't think anybody would trade for him right now at that no. number. So now the future revolves around Kyler Murray. You've got to get him in a system that will allow him to flourish because this ain't it. Uh, That's pretty obvious. And I am not sitting here saying I'm giving up on Kyler Murray. The kid is just too talented. And if the light bulb does go fully on, I'm still very much in the lookout rest of the league category. But the way it is right now, something has to change. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. But, and 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 that 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 reckoning has to happen. And so this is that's also what's going to make the these next 6 games so interesting. Because where is the effort? When will Kyler Murray return? Will he return? Yeah. Will it be after I, the bye and week? And I think that's a valid question right now. If you're Kyler Murray right now with a hamstring injury and now you're four and seven, um, and, and you may want to be 100% when you get back, but where's the motivation to get back? If my organization is giving out these messages that they're not pleased with what I'm doing or yeah. that I need to study more again, yeah. where, where's my motivation to get back other than the financial? And that's a big motivation. I get it. And it should be. But man. <laughs> yeah, it's a mess, Vinny. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm telling you. There's a you, lot of yep. ingredients in this stew that uh, that weren't in the what recipe. What do you think of stew, Jarrett? You like stew? Oh, you I like a it. good. Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 oh a good autumnal stew, Jarrett? Oh, it's more <laughs> of a kind of stew. Don't you think it's more wintry, though? Yeah, maybe. It's like a, a cold day and a nice frothy broth of meat. <laughs> <laughs> you just made it sound I know, disgusting. I know that wasn't, no, that wasn't a very rabies. good. I know. I'm sorry. You're right. Frothy broth meat. Don't eat that. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't. That's not. a dead raccoon. I get for bringing up <laughs> stew and ingredients. <laughs> Mutton stew. That's a dead raccoon. Sarah, Sarah will take us through the rush hour reboot next. Oh boy. Bickley and Murata mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everyone. Or at least morning, everyone. Maybe Ah, not a great one uh, if you're a Cardinals fan. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Oh, indeed, Uh indeed. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot, everyone. We are Bickley and Murata Mornings, and every single day at this time, we take you through the top stories of the day. I'm Sarah Cazell with Dan Bickley. Hi. (laughs) With Vince Murata. Don't dream it's over. Except it might be over. And Jared Carlin. They call me Tobeard. 
Oh, no. They call me Tobeard. That's what? horrifying. Come on, only twice today, Jared? Yeah. They call me Tobeard. That's Thanks. horrifying. All right, let's get into uh, the Cardinals' loss to the 49ers last night in Tobeard. City. 38-10. to 10. A pretty demoralizing loss if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan. Um, they, they trailed 17-10 to 10 at the half. The 49ers definitely still looked in charge in the first half, but it was only a one-touchdown game. Uh, then the second half ended up being the backbreaker for the Cardinals. San Francisco came out of the half, rattled off 21 and unanswered points over the course of its next four drives. So after the game, the Cardinals' effort came into question. Reporters asked Cliff Kingsbury about the 49ers' first drive of the second half. Run, 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 run. Then Debo Samuel ran it in uh, from 39 yards out for the score. Great drive. Obviously a great play call there. Um, but we got to find a way to respond. You know, I think even then it's 20 to whatever, um, 10 or 24, 10. Uh, you're in the game. And I didn't think offensively we were able to come back and respond the way we needed to. Yeah, got to figure that out. Uh, here's Buda Baker in the locker room with Cam Cox of 12 News. I feel like guys played till the end, played hard till the end. No, I don't. No, he does not think guys played hard until the end. And then here's a, a little bit more of Buda Baker elaborating. Yeah, it's very tough to say, but, you know, at the end of the day, we're all grown men. You know, um, women lie, men lie, that film never lies. So whatever the, the film says is, is what it is. Men lie, women lie. I love that. Uh, What did did you guys see? What was the difference between the first half and the second? Did it boil down to effort for you? Or was there something else? No, I I, I think it was really the 49ers. uh, They've been doing that consistently to a lot of teams in the last month. And that is just putting uh, the clamps on an opponent in the second half. And man, did they do that. Yeah, and it's listen. They're a they're a legit elite football team, and that's what you're supposed to look like in late November if you're serious about winning a Super Bowl. That's that's the standard, and the Cardinals are well below it. And you can talk about injuries, uh, you can uh, to the offensive line, but you look at the way they were handled on both sides of the football. They made decisions to to go with what they have and not really invest in it, heavily into players, offensive linemen. They spent a lot on a wide receiver. They spent a lot on quarterbacks. They've they've given Cliff Kingsbury a lot of toys like tight ends and wide receivers, but the rest of the roster is a little bit sus. Yeah. Mid? Mid? Sus. Um, I don't think it was an it's effort issue. It's not, as my daughter says, the house in the boots. Whatever that means. Oh, that's a new, oh, a new one. one. I love it. That's a new one. I don't, it's always the exciting. House in the boots. I don't ever. even get it. I thought to myself, that sounds like something from the Wizard of Oz, but her generation <laughs> would not come up with something from, you know, a house falling on a dead witch. We talked about the house in the boots. No, it's, <laughs> we talked about no, the house no, in the no, boots. No, no, no. It's the context is like it, it's all that. It's the house in the boots. Oh, it's like all that in a bag of chips exactly. in our day. It's, it's right. It's it's all that. I always preferred all that the house inside in the boots. of ranch. Um, it was not an effort issue for me until late. I think it was just a, a San Francisco 49ers deciding what they wanted to do in the second half. Mm-hmm. And they came out and they did it. Um, it was an execution thing. Um, and we'll, we're going to get into the defense next. But you know, outside of Byron Murphy... That was a pretty relatively healthy defense that was out there for the Cardinals last night. They got they got pushed around, mm-hmm. and I understand Buda Baker's um, dissatisfaction with the way that game ended. Sure, it was over by then, but you know you you, you, you can't check out like that. Yeah.
Absolutely. Uh, let's go to the Cardinals offense. Colt McCoy made his second consecutive start for the Cardinals with Kyler Murray still on the sidelines with his hamstring issue. He completed 24 of 34 passes for 218 yards, no touchdowns, and an interception uh, tipped off of the hands of James Conner. And Colt McCoy sounded pretty downtrodden after the game. I think when you play a team like the 49ers and you just have a little little room for error, you know, and we had some penalties in key spots. We turned the ball over, and when you do the, when you do that against a good football team who's moving the ball well, um, you know, it hurts you. And so I thought we fought. I thought we competed. I thought we think that the Niners confused me one time tonight. I knew what they were doing. They showed me a lot of different looks. Um, and so that that's a bummer, right? We feel pretty good about it, um, but we just didn't make enough plays. All right, so in the last segment, just the last segment, you guys talked about Colt McCoy versus Kyler Murray and how the ESPN pregame analysts were talking about the two. That was eye-opening, to say the least. And you both raised the question at the very end of the segment. If you're Kyler Murray, you're dealing with your hamstring issue, your team has four wins, things are not trending in the direction that you want them to, what would inspire Kyler Murray to hustle back to the field? Do you think he is interested in proving all of the naysayers wrong and there are a lot of naysayers right now or do you think that's not important to him like what what drives it better be important to him it should be important but it might not even be possible if he's going to bust bust his butt to get back at this point with what four or six games left Mm -hmm. um who else who else is coming back and you know is the offensive line coming back can you prove your point behind the offensive line that they're putting out there? The lack of receivers that they have out there? Right. Their running game has gone completely AWOL in the last two weeks? I, I don't know. I mean... But that Robbie Anderson's been a great addition. Hey, oh. did you hear this stat? Yeah, tell me it. Lay it on me. Robbie Anderson has played 112 snaps offensively for the Arizona Cardinals. One catch, minus four yards. Man. He was doing cardio last night. Oh. I mean, in short bursts. Yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. Gosh. That's not good. That's painful. That's absolutely painful. All right, let's uh, quickly get to the Phoenix Suns. They host the Lakers tonight, who are who have won a, a couple games. You said Anthony Davis is actually getting some time on the floor right now, Vince Morata? Not only that, he's putting up enormous numbers. What? All right, they've won their last three, while the Suns have won two of their last five. Uh, They beat the Knicks with ease on Sunday. Chris Paul has already been ruled out for tonight's game. Usually we have to wait up until that final uh, game time report for him to go from questionable to out, but he's already been ruled out, and he's been out for two weeks now. Uh, Campaign has stepped up in place of Chris Paul, and and he talked a couple days ago about earning the confidence of his head coach. He ain't on me like he used to be, (laughs) and it's kind of of relieving. It's kind of like a relief. but man, that, that 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 that's how I, that's how I am. Who I am now, man. He was he coached me hard, um, and I I'm a very coachable player. So I just learned from my mistakes and just got better over the years. I love that he's laughing his way through it. He's like, oh, thank goodness, Monty's laughing <laughs> yeah. me. My gosh, no, but that's good. I think that's a real good reflection on Monty Williams, who is a very reasonable, nice guy like Cliff Kingsbury, but he's got the ability to coach really hard. Absolutely. So we have talked so much about not you know over the last year last two seasons, the up and down nature of the campaign experience. Uh, what have you guys seen from him over the past couple weeks now as he's been in for Chris Paul? Building confidence for me. Um, I think 
he didn't look like the same. And, and Cam Payne is a is a confident player. He didn't look like he had the same confidence at the end of last year. Um, so getting this opportunity to play extended minutes, to play during crunch time, to play 35-plus minutes in games, and they're relying on him offensively. I think it's done wonders for his confidence. Uh, and and you know, one of the keys for the Suns was for him to get back to where he was two years ago, and I think right now he's there. Yeah, I think that uh, I think it's the success that he's had and 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 what his sort of the pace and the tempo he plays with brings to the team. I think it's all good, and I think as Monty has said a couple of different times, what what's the only thing they've needed to adjust with him is how he operates in the final five minutes of a basketball game when you can't play silly, when you've got to get the silliness out of yes. your game. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's it's happening. It, look, it, campaign. It, it, this is who he is. This is his basketball story. He's a guy that is counted out and when he's just about completely counted out he's back in your face saying no I'm not I'm not done yeah remember that's, me that's the story mm-hmm. yeah. I mean it's I, I mean you go back and you read about his time in Japan oh he showed up there with all these suitcases and nobody from the team he played for even bothered to send a bus to pick him up wow. so he's dragging suitcases through the sea through the street trying to flag a cab yeah, to get like, to his new job seems like 10 years ago yeah. doesn't it yeah <laughs> he told that story on our show yeah, <laughs> yeah. well it's, it's it's, it's a great story, it but it's, is. yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, and the big thing tonight is the Suns have beaten the Lakers 11 times in a row. Got to keep this going. This is the reversal of the Dodgers Diamondbacks. <laughs> Got yes, to keep right. this going. It's all we have. Keep it going. <laughs> Please, for the love. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, guys. We're all rebooted. Rush Hour Reboot every morning at 730. Coming up next, we focused on the offense, but got to take a look at the defense and what they did and did not do against the 49ers last night for the Arizona Cardinals. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Pickley and Murata mornings. That's big. That's big. You got to try and get them all scheduled with that many weapons when they're dialing up, you know, run, pass, play action how they want. Um, it makes it makes it tough, and we weren't able to really put them in too many of those long situations that we need to be in, um, second long, third long, and then, you know, played into their hands. Uh, it's Cliff Kingsbury on the Cardinals Radio Network with Paul Calvisi after last night's 38-10 to loss to the San Francisco 49ers on the lack of pressure. Zero sacks against Jimmy Garoppolo uh, last night. Garoppolo dropped back 29 times. He was pressured a total of six times. Not enough from the uh, defense. Uh, also defensively, I agree with you, Bick, and we've had these defensive discussions for, for recent weeks. I didn't really have a problem with what I saw from the defense in the first half of that game. Mm-hmm. In the second half of the game, I saw a renewed interest by San Francisco to lean on the run game. Yep. And when they did that, it was over. There wasn't a whole lot of resistance. Here was Cliff Kingsbury talking about the uh, that first drive of the second half. 71 of the 75 oh. yards on the ground. I thought they had a great drive. Obviously, a great play call there. Um but we got to find a way to respond. You know, I think even then it's 20 to whatever, um, 10 or 24-10. Uh, you're in the game. And I didn't think offensively we were able to come back and respond the way we needed to. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it was kind of a breakdown on both sides of the ball after halftime. Um, you've talked about it on a regular basis this year. Uh, where resources were allocated from a personnel standpoint, from a, contra- a money contract standpoint, it was heavily geared toward the offense. Uh, and I think at this point of the season, with the way this is going now, you're starting to see the effects. Defensively, this was an overachieving team in the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, 
This is a, another one of those well, trends that will be interesting to watch because, you know, the effort defensively was called out by Buda Baker, uh, and I think others were, were hinting at it, maybe. Not everybody playing all that hard. Um, it kind of leads you back to what you believe in, December being zombie football for teams that aren't in the race. The yeah, Arizona Cardinals right now are you know, f- at 4-7. and seven. It's really hard to make any kind of argument that this right. is salvageable. Yeah, I know. And so I, I think here, I, I do believe that when you take a look at the statistics for this defense on the season, they really don't tell the truth about what the defense has given this team. And this defense has given this team many, many first halves of real competitive football um, that is covered up for a lot of their, their flaws. And and I think, uh, again, last night, I think the belief went out of them. I think the the win might have went out of, of them after that opening drive in which the 49ers just completely played smash mouth football and, and at that point I, I think the team all realized Colt McCoy is not going to dink and dunk his way to a victory over this 49er team no matter how how good he is at pre-snap reads and how good he is at getting rid of or getting the ball out on time as you said that offense the, the, the ability to come back with that offense you're not going to have a lot of faith if you play defense and and I think you're right on the money that even the one big play to Greg Dorch that covered 47 yards. That was really more of a function of a rare moment when the 49ers got sloppy. One guy jumped off sides and then it was a free play and then Fred Warner misses a tackle which he doesn't do very often and boom, all of a sudden you've got a, a big play that, that gets downfield. We've seen it happened once to Rondale Moore earlier in the year but for the most part it, this team, it's 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 not built for, for that and I think that helped kind of bring the belief out of the defense, Vinny. Well, one of the concerns defensively going into the season, too, was pass rush. Where is it going to come from? You know, Chandler Jones gone, and he certainly, man, he has not produced at all with with the Vegas Raiders. That's not the Cardinals' problem anymore, but the Cardinals' problem has been who's stepping up at those edge rush positions, and there was a lot of responsibility put on Marcus Golden. There was a lot of responsibility and a lot of hope put on Dennis Gardeck to be a, a guy who could kind of catch lightning in a bottle again. Yeah. There's very little in terms of outside pass rush from the Cardinals. No. And, and, you know, that works in concert, too, with this trend. You know, everybody getting the ball out really early. There's not a lot of deep seven-step drops and surveying the field in NFL football anymore. Personally, I hate it. <laughs> I think it's hard to watch for the most part. Um, so the sack numbers are going to be down, but uh, the pressures have to be up there. And I was looking at the Cardinals' pressure numbers going into this game, and um, the pressure numbers weren't bad. The sack numbers just aren't there. Uh, but last night, even the pressures kind of um, they dwindled as well. So good, good job by San Francisco's offensive line, led by Trent Williams, who you know he's getting the the rave reviews on the broadcast, and he deserves them. Man, the guys, the guys a beast. But um, defensively, that just again was not good enough last night. Now, I'm not saying a better defensive effort would have led to a victory. The San Francisco 49ers are a superior team right now. But yeah. I, I wonder about the compete level, maintaining the compete level for this defense uh, You know that, that's been kind of hung out to dry all season long yeah. by this offense. Yeah, no, that's a good way of putting it. And it's, it's so it's going to be uh, one of the things that I think going into this game, uh, that the, the revelations we had coming out of the Rams week, courtesy of Hard Knocks, and we're going to get into this subject coming up, but one of the revelations was just how good the leadership of J.J. Watt and Buda Baker are together 
Carter and what the net effect that has on the defense, particularly particularly given their um, their willingness to always be out there for their teammates. And and that's obvious, uh, obviously been a big storyline of hard knocks with Buda Baker. It was obviously a storyline with with J.J. Watt when he had to get his heart shocked back into rhythm and was back on the football field that weekend. Those are heavy commitments to a team and a cause that really are tantamount to great leadership. Will that sustain? Will that be able to to negate what is going to be a, a football team really kind of playing for pride at the, from this point on? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is. It's it's football teams can go in all sorts of directions. They can, but it's also easy to predict a, a certain direction when when you've got this much of a of a base behind you. Mm-hmm. I, I at least I think if if the Cardinals can turn around, so be it. It doesn't look very probable right now. Uh, text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty right now. Coming up next, Bick's got your blast Bear. on this Tuesday. It's Bickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak Chan Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.